You're listening to Aubrey CD Speaks, where truth is spoken for your freedom. Hello, and thank you for listening to Aubrey CD Speaks. Before I start this episode, I just have two things, two and a half things to inform you of. One, this is not a soundproof room. Uh, I'm just, I just happened to be recording in um, our office slash homeschool room slash uh, dining room slash whatever else you want to call it room. And, um, and it's not soundproof yet. Uh, I, uh, I'm trying to figure out how to get this soundproof or, um, we've had some recent, uh, changes and reconstruction in, in the house. And, um, you know, uh, I, I haven't been able to do all I want to do with it. So uh, I'm hoping to focus and get this, um, at least section that I used to record soundproof until then you are going to hear one the window unit this is Texas in August um, and whether it's the middle of the night or early in the morning it is hot in in a house uh, as well as outside outside it's not too bad um, you grow up in Texas you grow up in a an area that um, it tends to be pretty hot in the summers, you call 80 degrees not too bad. I call 80 degrees not bad. Um, when it gets up to like mm, 80, maybe 90, 95, then, you know, it gets kind of warm. But 80 degrees, uh, I'm not, I'm not going to cry over. But when it's inside the house um, and there's no AC running in the house, uh, it can get pretty warm. So uh, this room, it can get pretty warm. Um, no matter what I do, the sun just blares in here sometimes, and so, um, so I have the window unit going, uh, just to keep comfortable while I'm recording. So you're gonna hear that, sorry, not sorry. Uh, second, um, my kids, uh, are playing, um, outside of this room, and, uh, so you will hear an occasional, um, exclamation of excitement, or frustration and uh, they may go past and they're talking um, I do apologize about that I usually record in the middle of the night when everybody is asleep but lately I haven't been able to um, get that to happen and get that to work for uh, several reasons um, which is also some of the reason why I haven't been recording there's just uh, I've just been busy and um, and so my middle of the night uh, recording runs uh, have just just really haven't been a go. So I'm recording in this in this window of opportunity during the day, and that means you will hear my children, and they're doing their best to stay quiet while I'm recording while I'm taking into this window of opportunity. Uh, but uh, they are my children, and loud is just who we are. So sorry. It's just the way it is. Deal with it. Um, With with all due respect, deal with it. (laughs) I'm doing the best I can in this room that is yet to be soundproof. Um, When I do get it soundproof, I think I'm going to do more episodes during the day. um, Just because it works. Um, And you won't have to hear all of this. But until then, you will hear it all. And we're just going to move on. Okay, well, this episode, I'm going to go over several verses in Romans 5, and um, the reason I'm going to go over several verses in Romans 5 is because I want to bring, yet again, uh, I want to bring to light um, the truth of revival. This podcast was created for, well, because of revival, honestly. Um, If this is your first time uh, listening to my podcast, uh, welcome. My name is Aubrey, and I um, I focus a lot of my episodes, almost all of my episodes, really, on bringing truth to light, And, and not so in like a critical way, but in order to bring freedom to a lot of people's lives, a lot of born again believers, and 
I also share the gospel and uh, and bring that into light in, in the uh, for people to hear. Um, maybe even you haven't heard the gospel before, and and I like to share the gospel because um, it's life for me. Uh, it was the gospel that brought me to Christ. Uh, it was uh, the gospel that changed my life, um, and um, it's continually the gospel that. Um, that reminds me of how good God is and how great he is. Now, if you're hearing about the gospel and you've never heard the gospel before, you may think I'm talking about like gospel music or something because I have talked to people before and I've asked them, what do you know about the gospel? And they're like, oh, the music. And I'm like, no, the gospel. And they have no idea what I'm talking about. And that's coming from the Bible belt, y'all. Okay, so uh, if you don't want know what the Bible Belt is, if you're from a different country and you're not too sure what that means, in the United States of America, um, there are states that are called the South. And um, the Southern states tend to be labeled, and I'm, I'm using my fingers for parentheses, labeled Christian states. And because they're labeled Christian states, um, it's called the Bible Belt because there's a church on just about every corner. Um, there's uh, just about everybody says that they're Christian or they grew up Christian or they have a Bible uh, at their house, things like that. And so they call that area the Bible Belt. And I live in the South. I not only do I live in the South, I live in Texas, um, the Lone Star State, and proud of it, y'all. Um, Texan first, American second. Um, <laughs> but anyway, um, I live in the, what's called the Bible Belt here in the South. And, um, there are, there's so many churches everywhere. Um, you know, pick a church, any church, kind of a, it's kind of the thing. Um, but, um, what a lot of people don't realize is, um, this area there are a lot of people that don't know the truth. A lot of people that don't know the gospel, what the real gospel is. And I'm not talking about music, country music. And, you know, I grew up Christian. I have a Bible in my, I've had a Bible in my house all my life. I'm not talking about that. Um, I'm not even talking about I was baptized when I was a baby. That's not the gospel. And so there's this misconstrued understanding of the gospel. And so I preach a gospel on my podcast uh, a lot of times, um, in order to expose the truth for the freedom of others. Um, because like the Bible says that you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. And that's what I want. I want people to be free. I want people to know the truth about Jesus. I want them to know the truth about God. And, and I'm coming from somebody that grew up in church and, and, and thought that God was mad all the time. And Jesus was always there to go, hold up, God. It's okay. It's okay. They're not going to do it again. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. They're not going to do it again. Remember, you know, I grew up with this understanding that God was like that. And the angels were really nice and they would fight for us. And Jesus was doing everything he could to, uh, to, for us to know grace and mercy. And, and, um, but at the same time, even if you become a Christian, you can lose it in a heartbeat. Like I grew up with, with that. Okay. And a lot of people in the Bible belt have grown up with this understanding of God in this light, completely misconstrued again. Um, and so, uh, the Lord revealed to me that, um, this stuff needs to be brought out. And so that's why I created this podcast. There you go. Um, and I'm going to talk yet again about, Oops, somebody's not happy about something. Sorry, guys. Um, I'm going to talk yet again about revival um, because that's life. That's life. The revival and souls. The Lord uh, like really changed my life because of revival. And so I talk about revival a lot, especially on this podcast. Revival and souls are my thing. Um, not just because that's something that our church, Deliverance Bible Church in Hearst, Texas, um, like our pastor talks about revival and souls and how they go hand in hand. It's not just because of that. It's because of the revelation of when revival comes and the church is, is brought back to the, uh, the first love, um, the, 
um, the gospel is preached in a more it's a more efficient way and more clear way with an anointing with uh, the power of the Holy Spirit behind it and um, and so you know our life should be focusing on the first love and that's you know a revival coming for us to go back to who we're supposed to be and an understanding of who we are um, individually and as a whole uh, body uh, the church um, and going for souls and how that that works together because with when revival comes um, just the the joy of preaching the joy of telling others about how good good God is is there okay and so those go hand in hand um, and but uh, a lot of times they're misconstrued and so I talk about these things and I'm gonna talk about these things again and um, in order for somebody to listen and Holy Spirit to bring revelation to them and for revival to fall in their lives or um, somebody that needs to hear the gospel in order for them to be born again and that is my that's my life that's my whole life um, and so let us let us away let us let us do this let's do this um, there is a misconstrued understanding of revival um, in the Bible Belt, and, and I've talked about it in previous episodes. I'm going to talk a little bit about it here, um, as well as a misconstrued understanding of grace. And I know for a lot of people that this is a tender spot, the word grace, and honestly, it shouldn't be. And I, I really believe that this revival that has taken place, uh, if you don't know, um, I've been in revival since September of 2016. And um, my church is in the second wave of revival. So I'm, I'm going myself, yielding to what Holy Spirit's doing and going into a second wave of revival and into a deeper understanding of who the Father is. and and what his word is saying and um, more revelation of the things that I'm still ignorant of and I have yet to understand and um, and it's awesome it's really awesome uh, but I've been in revival since 2016 and so I have a little bit of a a little bit of an understanding of uh, some of the stuff that's been going on and uh, just understanding of what graces and I really believe that this um, that the revival that's going to break through in a lot of uh, believers lives is going to be an understanding and a revelation of grace and what true grace is what real grace is because we um, we've lost uh, somewhere in the midst of all this we've lost a real understanding of grace the grace of god and um we put the definition of uh you know his grace being um we mix it up with mercy honestly um i was guilty of that myself uh you know growing up in church uh, i thought grace was synonymous with mercy and it's not that's actually two different things um, and then um, there's an understanding of like grace being uh, only there when uh, when you repent and you're brought to salvation that the grace of God comes and um, that's not all of it and then there's um, this um, belief that grace is a dangerous thing and can very easily become something uh, um, ungodly I guess um, that this uh, this whole thing about hyper grace um, is a is bonk honestly it's a bunch of bonk uh oh okay <laughs> can't tell if that's ex I can't tell if that's excitement or if um, but we're just gonna keep going let's keep going keep me focused keep me focused guys um, Hypergrace is bunk. It really is. It hypergrace came from a bunch of people um and 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 ministries that um that I'm going to be honest with you, okay? Here we go. 
gonna gonna bring this to light gonna be really honest with you hyper grace is to keep you down hyper grace was invented to keep you in bondage hyper grace was invented to keep you from having a deeper understanding of the grace of god from uh walking in a in a walking in a greater understanding of freedom in christ um because i mean honestly if you look at um this whole thing about hyper grace uh it's 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 dumb it really is dumb and a lot of people are really writing oh hyper grace hyper grace is wrong hyper grace is ungodly hyper grace is you know people just they're just going around sinning all these christians just going around sinning because they think that oh the grace of god is gonna is gonna keep them from going at uh going to hell blah 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 honestly honestly if you knew what grace is if there was a real understanding of what grace the grace of god is because this is coming from the same people that god is angry all the time god's angry this is coming from the same people um hyper grace does not exist there is it doesn't really exist and they're pointing fingers at the people that have an understanding of grace and then they're also pointing at the the finger their finger at people that honestly they go to church but they're not born again so there's there's not going to be an understanding of what the grace of god is in the lives of people that are ignorant to what grace is because they're ignorant to salvation they're not even born again they're just going to church because it, it's either popular or that's just what they do a lot of people go to church to find dates and husbands and wives you know uh, you know just like a lot of people go to seminary for the mrs degree you know uh if you don't know what mrs degree that's uh, you know a, you know he's gonna put a ring on it you know he's gonna it, it's to get married a lot of women go to seminary to get married a lot of men go to seminary to find their self a boo you know what i mean and you can say all that you want but i've been to bible college i know what's going on okay and um and so there are a lot of people that are leading churches that are um helping in churches that are in some form of staff and leadership that aren't even born again and then there's people that are going to their churches that aren't even born again and and they don't hear the gospel they don't know the truth it just it's just itching ears it's just to make them feel good and we all know this we all know this and so the people that uh, want to talk about hyper grace are pointing fingers at these people that aren't even born again. And they're saying, see, see, they're sinning because they talk about the grace of God and blah, 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 blah. But they're sinning away. Well, they're not born again. Open your eyes, open your ears. You can hear and you can see that they're obviously not born again. And so hyper grace is bunk. There is no hyper grace. There are people that don't know, uh, um, the goodness of God and the grace of God and so they're labeling people that aren't even born again hyper gracers there and so uh, both of them are ignorant both of them are ignorant to the truth of what the grace of God is so we're gonna talk all about that a little bit um, not too much but we're gonna talk about it and because um, I love I love the grace of God the grace of God is is not here to in order to make us sin and or no in order for us to feel good sinning that's stupid if you're born again you don't like to sin if you're born again you don't like to uh to do what you used to do and you don't have the same mindset of who you used to be uh, born again believers are not like that and so they're not they're not going to be like, yay, I'm born again. Yay, I have Jesus in my heart now. I can go ahead and do whatever I'm going to do and still go to heaven. Well, that person's not born again. I mean, we, we have to, we really need to open our eyes and, and have a clear understanding of things instead of, instead of working so hard at pointing fingers at each other. Honestly, we, we, we spend so much time pointing our fingers at each other that we've lost sight and we've lost focus of the truth. Which brings us to a misconstrued understanding of revival. Um, and, and what it really means and what we really need and um, why the church needs revival. And I say the church as a whole, but I'm 
what I'm talking about are the individuals, you know, because revival isn't about, um, revival isn't about, uh, the corporate body. And a lot of times we, we get this understanding that the, you know, revival, revivals come because, uh, this number of people got born again. Revival has come because, uh, a bunch of people got healed. Revival has come because, uh, we, we all sobbed and cried for a while. And that's not revival. Revival isn't the signs and the wonders. Signs and the wonders should be normal in, in, in the Christian body. Okay. Um, that's, that's just signs and wonders. Um, miracles should be something completely normal in the body, uh, of Christ in the church. Um, hearing about people getting healed should be completely normal. Um, because it's, I mean, it's scripture. Okay. That's not revival. Um, if you look in, in the Bible and you look in acts, I mean, there's a number of times that the presence of God falls down and, and there are certain manifestations that come with it. And I know I've got some Baptist friends that are probably like, Oh, Aubrey, don't talk about it. Don't talk about it. But there are certain manifestations that happen. And, um, I'm actually not going to talk about speaking in tongues. There you go. I'm not going to talk about it because that's not the focus and I'm not going to rabbit trail. There are certain things that happen because of revival. Um, there are things that happen while in revival. You know, signs and wonders, miracles. Uh, there are people that get born again while in revival, but that's not the definition of revival. The definition of revival, honestly, is bringing us back to our first love. It's just like in Revelation 2, um, the church in Ephesus. Um, you know what? Let's read it. We're going to read it. I'm taking this out of the Amplified. I'm sorry, I'm singing. Um, Revelation 2. I'm doing this on my phone. Uh, I'm reading through the verses right now. Uh, okay, here it is. Um, well, let's, let's just start off with what the... Uh, of what Jesus says. Okay, to uh, Ephesus. These things... Uh, says he who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks in the midst of the seven golden lampstands. I know your works, your labor, your patience, and that you cannot bear those who are evil. And you have tested those who say they are apostles and are not, and have found them liars. And you have persevered and have patience and have labored for my name's sake and have not become weary. Nevertheless, I have this against you, that you have left your first love. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do the first works, or else I will come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. But this you have, that you hate the Nicolaitans, the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will I will give to eat from the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. So, going back up here to four, he says um, that what he had against this church was they had left their first love. So they're doing all these good deeds. Um, they're they're testing. Um, they're doing they're doing things by the book, you know, and and they've got they've got all this all this good stuff, this, you know, feels good, fuzzy, warm, uh, things that are going on. But, you know, what, what he's saying is they're so focused on this stuff that they've lost focus off him. They're so focused on making sure that, um, preaching is an hour and 30 minutes or that the whole service for that matter is an hour and 30 minutes. They're so focused on uh, making sure that there's a coffee shop outside uh, of the san the sanctuary place. You know, they're so um, they're so focused on making sure that there's ushers um, at you know every every five feet to make sure that uh, the newcomers are welcome because we need those newcomers, right? 
Uh, they're so focused in making sure that there's a golf cart to uh, to welcome new people that are coming and little families that are coming in order to bring them up to the front to impress new people. They're so focused in making sure that um, their their praise band is relevant to the times. You know, they have a Bethel uh, they have a Bethel slash Hillsong. Uh, uh, look to them and and um, they're dressed you know kind of uh, they, they look casual but at the same time trendy and everybody's got you know one of those all the girls have one of those hats on like uh, like all the all the people that go to Magnolia and all the YouTube you know influencers you know they've got the little hats on and um, holes in their jeans you gotta make sure you got holes in your jeans and all this stuff like they they make sure and I'm not I'm not bashing any of that I'm just saying you know that's that's the look okay um and everybody looks like it you know they're they made sure that they're you know there was a period of time you know having um wood in the back um and with the little bare lights are up and it the, the ambiance looks authentic or it looks like a nightclub and the ambiance is supposed to look authentic mm. the ambiance 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 is to look authentic i hope i hope you heard i hope you heard what i said here looks authentic and and children's church you know, they've got relevant characters for the kids in order to catch their attention or, or, um, or they're, um, they're doing certain things to, uh, to, uh, keep the kids engaged and the youth group is well entertained in order to keep the kids in or the youth in, because if you keep the kids in and the youth in, you can keep mom and dad in. And at the same time, they want to catch those moments where it looks authentic. The ambiance of authenticity. The image of authenticity for their social media and their videos. But in truth, it's not authentic. They're so focused on authenticity looking authentic that they took their eyes on the original they took their eyes off of what is truly authentic they took their eyes off of Jesus they're no longer sitting at his feet listening to what he has to say their eyes are no longer focused on him and 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 just the joy and the pleasure of being in his presence they no longer, they have lights and smoke screens so that it feels and looks like Holy Spirit is there and the presence of God is there. And they have the perfect song for when Holy Spirit is supposed to be in the room. They forgot Holy Spirit needs to be in the room. The look of authenticity. Holy Spirit right now is God with us. He is Emmanuel, God with us in this moment. So it says that Jesus went to the Father so that Holy Spirit could be with us, the Spirit of God. You know, and Jesus said, if I don't go, the Holy Spirit won't be here. And he's the comforter and and he's the guide and and he's here to reveal truth. Okay, so while Jesus is up in heaven, with the Father, the Spirit of God is down here with us to um, not only reveal to those who are not born again sin, righteousness, and judgment, um, but also, so that's what he's doing with the world. He's convicting the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. With us, he's revealing um, truth. He's revealing the Word of God. He's revealing more of the Father. He's our connection with the Father. Okay? He's our connection. He is the Spirit of God with us, in us, working through us. And, and so it was very important for the Spirit of God to be here, for His presence to be here, um, to be with us, to be 
God with us. But we're so busy making things look like Holy Spirit uh, in a more... um, making things look like Holy Spirit in an ordered fashion and to keep it within the time frame that we've created a church to be in that we've uh, removed Holy Spirit from the sanctuary we've removed Holy Spirit from church um, and made things look like Holy Spirit or feel like a Holy Spirit or act like Holy Spirit. If we get the music just this way, oh man, everybody's going to dance and it's going to be like Holy Spirit's in the room. And, and when we, we can convince others that a type of Holy Spirit is there in the room, that, those are the things that we need to be worried about and careful for. You know, we have, uh, I even have friends that, uh, you know, they're worried about um, going deeper with, um, with the understanding of Holy Spirit and what Holy Spirit does and baptism of Holy Spirit because they, wanna, they don't want it to be the wrong Holy Spirit. Well, what we should be more concerned about is um, having Holy, you know, Holy Spirit in the room so that we know Holy Spirit, and we would definitely know when it's uh, Holy Spirit and when it's just uh, music playing or certain lights are going off in order for us to think it's Holy Spirit. You know, uh, we're being faked out here and uh, it's, it's not right. Um, but because of all of this, we have a misunderstanding of what revival is. We have a misunderstanding of what grace is. We have a misunderstanding of um, what it means to put ourselves in a place, um, I don't want to say prepared, but um, ready, gilded for revival. Put, uh, um, have ourselves set up uh, to be available for revival, I guess you can say. Um, and, uh, I've heard this just about all my life. Uh, I know it's still being said cause I've, I've heard some, um, sermons even recently where they talk to the church and they tell them we have to be prepared for revival in the way and, and revival can't come until the church is holy, until we walk in holiness, until we walk in righteousness, until, um, certain things are straightened out. And, and revival won't come until then. Oh, that's, that's bonk. I can tell you a voice of experience here. That's bonk. God is never going to um, tell us to look better, sound better, act better, be better before his presence comes. Um, now, um, you know, he like like I just read you know he said before I remove this lampstand you need to repent yeah but he's um he's he's not in a place where he's saying you have to be holy before I reveal to you more of myself we can be a downright mess and say God I need you I really need you and his presence will come um it's not about what you look like or what you sound like or um if you get enough uh-huhs in when you're preaching or if um the room is the right temperature it's not about that at all it's about being yielded to holy spirit it's about um putting yourself uh opening yourself up and making yourself ready for him. And the only way you can be ready is opening yourself up to him, completely submitting your life to him, just like you were before. A lot of people talk about revival being, uh, it's like being born again, again. And it's true. And this is the reason God doesn't, um, God doesn't answer a cry of repentance, um, and bring salvation uh, because uh, a person has, you know, all the, you know, all his uh, uh, ducks in a row and, and because he looks good or sounds good or he's been going to church for six weeks. You know, that's, 
God doesn't do it like that. God comes to a person that is humble and is crying out for salvation and needs him and is being honest and open with God and saying, I need you. I don't know what it's going to look like. I don't know what it's going to sound like. I don't know what's going to happen after this, but all I know is I need you and I need you to change me. And I need you. I need you in my, I need you to save me from myself because I am going down such a hole. And, and, and that's all he's asking for. He's all he's asking for is for you to repent of your sins, turn away from sin, put your faith and trust in, in Jesus and what Jesus did for you. Um, and and humble yourself before him and he will answer and he will give you a new heart and he will put his spirit in you and you and he will be like one and you become a joint heir with Christ. It's not about the prayer. You know, there's not a guarantee of you say this prayer, then you're born again. It's not like that at all. It's a, it's, he comes and answers a cry of repentance by changing your heart. And if God doesn't answer by changing your heart, then you're not born again. That's, that's where the change comes. He answers. You can cry it all you want to, but he's got to answer. And he answers those who are humble. He resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Okay. And it's the same way with revival. Okay. He's going to reject the proud. He's, 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 he's not, he's not going to be like, oh, oh, it's, it's, it's 70 degrees in here. The lights are down low. Now my presence will come and revival will be here. It's not that at all. It's not, oh, you have enough people here. Oh, your potluck looks great. Oh, you brought everybody into a tent. That's not that at all. Revival doesn't come because of the things that we do to make revival come. Revival happens because God answers his people. It's because a God answers a yielded heart. God answers those who are thirsty, who have hunger and thirst for his righteousness, that need more of him, that got to go deeper. And he answers a yielded heart, a submitted heart. Um, you know that, that song, um, it's, an old, it's an old song on him. Uh, I surrender all, I surrender all, all to thee, my blessed Savior, I surrender all. That's what it is. It's a, a complete surrender, you know, and just like you were when you got born again, you say, I don't know what it's going to look like. I don't know what it's going to sound like. I don't know how I'm going to be after this, but I just want it. Uh, however it is, I just want I just want you, I just want it, I just want it. So I'll take it. I'll take whatever you got for me, I'll, I'll take it. That's what he answers. And that's when revival comes. Because revival doesn't come because a whole church is like that. Revival comes because the individuals are like that. Like I've said before, revival is an individualistic um, answer. It, 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 it becomes the church because of those individuals that yielded to revival. And then the church shows, you know, there's manifest the outbreak of revival, but it's only because the individuals are yielded to it. That's when it looks like, oh, the whole church is in revival. It's because the individuals are in revival and it doesn't come there's this also this um, I think the intentions are good but there's this um, thought process that um, revival just kind of happens and everybody has revival in them yeah, sort of um, and you don't need to go to revival meetings or where you hear that revival breaks out in order to have it if you look in the history of revival, you would find that revival is passed on. Revival happens because somebody, revival happened in this one place because one of the people that was in that one place uh, came to the, came back to their church 
and uh, they testified or they prayed over somebody and there was a breakout. Revival happens when somebody's been in revival. Revival breaks out other places. It's passed down. Um, whether that person was prayed over or not. Um, you hear about, okay, there's the Toronto revival, the Toronto blessing. That happened because somebody was in a revival in this one place because somebody was in revival in this one place because somebody was in revival in this one place. And it touched. All of these, all the little revivals that were happening all around that same time are, were all connected. They weren't different. They were all connected. They just happened to be in different places. But somebody was in this one place, which was in this one place, which came to this one place, which is one person who came to this one place and revival happened. Revival's passed down. You prepare for a revival or you ready yourself for a revival by submitting to Holy Spirit and yielding to him and whatever he wants and whatever he has and whatever his plans are. Okay, so um, so we have to we have to come finally to an understanding of what true revival is. And the way I can back this up is I'm gonna go back to Romans. I'm I'm singing again. Sorry guys. And I'm gonna go and I'm gonna read it in the Amplified because I like it in the Amplified. All right, Romans five. I'm gonna read. My main one is verse eight. I love verse eight. Romans five eight. Um. But I'm going to read a few verses before it and a few verses after it, because it's, it's what I'm talking about. Uh, let's see, starting at verse 6. While we were yet in weakness, powerless to help ourselves, at the fitting time Christ died for in behalf of the ungodly. Now, it is an extraordinary thing for one to give his life, even for an upright man. Though perhaps for a noble and lovable and generous benefactor, someone might even dare die. But God shows and clearly proves his own love for us by the fact that while we were still sinners, Christ the Messiah, the Anointed One, died for us. Therefore, since we are now justified, acquitted, made righteous, and brought into right relationship with God by Christ's blood, how much more certain is it that we shall be saved by him from the indignation and wrath of God? For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, it is much more certain now that we are reconciled, that we shall be saved, daily delivered from sin's dominion through his resurrection life. So if God loved us, that, he, that even in, our, in the midst of our sin, God sent Jesus to die for us. How much more is he going to pour out his love and reveal his love to us if we, in our state and condition where we need him and we need to be brought back to our first love, is he going to answer that? He's not going to he's not going to wait for us to be prepped and ready and look perfect, look our Easter best for him in order to bring revival he's gonna come when we here I'm gonna bring it back he's gonna come like in verse 6 says when we are powerless to help ourselves and we are in that full understanding that we are powerless to help ourselves we need him we absolutely need him and when we're in that place where we abs we know that we absolutely need him our eyes are on him we're focused on him we're not focused on the music that's going on we're not focused on the preaching that's going on although i'm sure the preaching is good we're not focused on who's around us and what we're wearing and, and it's none of who cares we just need him and our eyes are on him and we're yielded to that because we just need him we don't care what it's going to look like we just need him to answer and that's when he answers that is revival when we are brought back to our first love when he moves us and brings us back to our first love that is revival when we are face to face with God again as we should be as we should always be and not care 
so much about all the other things that are gonna burn one day. They're so materialistic, they're gonna burn, they're not gonna last. If they, just think about it, if they went through the fire, God's holy, righteous, holy fire, if they went through the fire, will those things last? No? Well then why are our, why is our focus on it? Why are we so bent on it? Critiquing other pastors or ministries for what they look like or what they're doing. If that went through God's fire, will it last? No. It won't last. So why are we so bent on it? Why is our focus on it? I'll tell you why. Because the devil would really like for us to be on focused on anything but Jesus. He would really like us to not be in revival. Because if we individually end up in revival, the, the church body as a whole would shake this world. There would be a joy and a praise and a power that hasn't been on this earth for a very long time. When we hear about world revivals, the ones that we put in history books, those are but a tapping on the earth to what can really happen. We say we want this world born again. We want we want people saved. But we're focused on crap. We're focused on things that don't even matter. But when we put our eyes on him again and revival comes and changes the changes our lives. And everything that we do and however we live is for him. And it's done in freedom. Not you have to be this way. It's in freedom. Then the preaching of the gospel is more efficient. It has weight. It has authority. It has anointing. You want to see lives changed and the kind of numbers that they saw in Acts our eyes need to be on him for a more efficient preaching of the gospel for a better way for the way it's the way it's the original way it's authentic it's actually authentic it doesn't look authentic it is authentic it's truth it's legit. It's the real enchilada. It's the rawness of being and living born again, a child of God. That's where the grace of God comes in. The grace of God isn't there so that we can sin. The Paul says it. Hello. The grace of God is there. So our eyes stay on him. And the times that we lose focus... The grace of God is there for us to refocus. Eyes on him. Eyes on him. Eyes on him. In freedom and in victory and in love. That's what the grace of God is for. So that we won't feel condemned, so we won't deal with the weight of, of condemnation and 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 there's not a weight of rules and we don't have to beat ourselves to be forgiven. The grace of God is there so that we can continue living our lives the way God desired it in the first place, which is at his feet, eyes on him. Grace brings us back. We need that revival, a revival of grace, true grace, guys, true grace, because a, a believer that understands what the grace of God is, isn't going to go around sinning all the time. You, you don't have time. Your eyes are so focused on him. You're too busy at his feet. Grace keeps you from sinning. It doesn't help you to sin. Those that have a problem with the whole hyper grace thing, you guys need to understand it's bunk. And if there are people that are preaching that grace is there so that you can sin, 
then we know that it's not truth and we know that they're not preaching truth. We know it. And, you know, they're standing there representing God. God will judge them for it. There will be a judgment on them. There will be a day. But if we're preaching the gospel and we're bringing truth and we're bringing it in a way that it's supposed to be done with our eyes focused on him, then when we, when we talk to these people and we preach the gospel to them, the ones that don't have a clear understanding of what the gospel is and don't know what the truth is, they'll get born again. And they'll either leave that church or they'll be the reasons why that church gets born again. And I'll be a true church. You know, my pastor likes... Um, I, I'm, I am so thrilled. I am so blessed. I am so humbled to be under uh, my pastors. Um, they've, they've really shown, uh, shown me and taught me a lot. And I'm really blessed um, to be under the Adrians at Deliverance Bible Church in Hearst, Texas. Really blessed. And um, you guys want to hear truth. You guys want to um, to just under further understand the blessings of God and the goodness of God and the grace of God. You know, you should come to Deliverance Bible Church. And um, um, or you just want to know truth. Come to Deliverance Bible Church. You know, uh, but um, uh, rabbit holing. But I'm rabbit trailing. Uh, but I, um, I'm very blessed to be under them. And uh, my pastor, Pastor Cletus, um, he's talked uh, before about um, going to the root of a problem, and how uh, a lot of times we're so focused on the leaves of of that problem. Uh, the tree of that problem that we don't go to the root of the problem and just and just pull it out from the root because we we start picking leaves and just leaves will grow back it's it's nothing um, it won't die but if we get down to the root and we pull it out from the root it'll die and um, I was just I was actually just telling a friend not too long ago how you know, when we're so focused on, on these problems in the church, we're just picking the leaves. It's, it's not killing the problem because other ones will, will come into their place. It's doing nothing. We have to get to the root of the problem in order to stop the problem. And the root of the problem is that the gospel isn't being preached effectively because our eyes have lost focus on him. We have lost our first love. We need to go back to our first love. Like when we were born again. And, 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 and remove all the gunk that others have put in our way. And, and the chains or the weight of what others have said or tried to teach us. That are completely keeping us from him. And from knowing him the way, don't you remember when you were first born again and you were telling everybody about Jesus and how like people were listening and they were coming to church because of, of what you said? That's because the power of God was there because our, we were talking about him with this knowledge and love and freedom. And they're like, I don't understand why it's not like that anymore. Because we lost eyes on the first love. We need to get back to that. That's what ri revival is, getting back to it. And we need the grace of God to put our eyes back on him. And when we put our eyes back on him and we begin to preach more effectively because our eyes are on him, Holy Spirit is with us. We're letting him lead and guide our, our lives, our daily lives. And, and, and we're letting him lead and guide how, how it goes at church. And we understand that we're there at church to meet with God. We're not there because of the ambiance and the service and because our kids can, you know, we're going to be without our kids for at least an hour and a half. And, oh, isn't that, you know, refreshing? No, that's not what it's about. It's about him. We're there to be with him. That's, we get to corporately be with him. 
Isn't that awesome? A moment of what it must be like in heaven to be with him. Let his kingdom come, his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And here we are coming together, worshiping him, adoring him, loving on him, sitting in his presence. Man, that must be what heaven's like. If you're not living, if you're not going to church and it's not, if you go to church and you look at it after this, after hearing this, and it's not like that, there's a problem. We need revival. We individually need revival so that the corporate body is like heaven on earth when we come together. Yeah, I'm talking to myself too. It's okay. But we need the grace of God to fill us, to be in our lives. We need authenticity. We need the real deal. And we're not going to get it by looking good, by being our Easter best before revival comes, before the Spirit of God comes. We need to just show him and be honest and give him what it is. This is what it is, God. But I don't want this. I want you. And put our eyes back on him. We need to understand that we can't do it on our own. Just like when we got born again. If you're truly born again, you have that understanding that you can't do this on your own. You need him. You've got to have him or you're going to die. Basically. I might be a little dramatic, but basically it's what it is. That's where we go. We need to go back to our first love. We need to get back to that so that he can answer with the Holy Spirit and we can have authentic church again, authentic lives again as believers in Christ. We can truly understand uh, and not have a misconstrued understanding of of these things. And uh, not what we were told it is, but what it truly is. And no amount of, of I mean, we cannot puff away and work hard in order to make it happen. We just need to have our eyes on him. We refocus. We need the grace of God. Fall into the grace. Fall into the grace of God so that your eyes can go back on him. Let revival come. Revival of grace. Um, and honestly, that's that's where I wanted to go with this. That's what I wanted to share. And I'm encouraging you guys. I'm encouraging you guys to put your eyes back on him. To let him do whatever he wants to do, whatever it's going to look like. When you are in that place, he will answer. When you're in that spot, he will answer. Just like he did in Azusa. Just like he did in Toronto. Just like he did in Pensacola. Just like he did... uh, um, what was that other one? Just, just like he's done in he did in the '90s, just like he did um, uh, in in Wales, just like he did in Scotland, the Hebrides revival, the Welch revival, just like he's done in, in all all these moments. And I can go on and I all these other revivals. It, it's fine, but I just wanted to just name a few. He will answer. He will answer if we are open and honest with him, just like from the beginning. Open, honest, yielded. Mm. Yielded to him. And if you've heard all of this and you're like, you know what, I don't think I'm born again. I don't think I had that experience that you, you had or that you were talking about. Now's the time. We need him to save us from ourselves, to save us from sin. There's no other way about it. And, and, a, and a, a say this prayer is, is actually not going to do it. It's a helper. It's actually like a, a reference or a help, but it's not the thing. You, the individual, have to be open and honest with God and with yourself. I'm, I was just that way when I got born again. Nobody led me through a prayer. Although I had prayed that prayer a number of times because I was sorry for things. But when I was open and truly honest with God that I needed him, I really needed him to save me. It was just me and him. 
I was honest and I told him I needed him. And I knew that I needed Jesus and what Jesus did, I needed that in my life. And he answered because I was humble, open, and honest with him. So today is a good day to be open and honest with him, to turn your back on sin. That's repentance, turning away from it, putting your eyes on Jesus, putting your faith and trust in what he did for you and being open and honest with God humble before him knowing that you need him and let him answer you and change your heart because that big thing salvation comes when he answers be open and honest with yourself be open and honest with God and let him answer you and change your life and make you new who you're meant to be that's all it is. It's who you're meant to be. Today's a good day to repent of your sins and put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And let God do the work. And until next time, be blessed.